0: to setting the scheme. I'm Ben. I'm Doug. I'm Tristan. I'm Elijah. And I'm Michael again.
1: Mystery Mike. It is
0: week four of March's Mystery March of Mystery Movies. Moostery. Welcome to the Moostery. Featuring Mystery Mike the mystery man. Welcome back, Mike. Do you think it's glad to be back?
2: Do you think at some point we're just having too much fun with this? Absolutely not.
1: Beautiful. michael's probably a phantom that just exists in our own minds <laughs> i mean
0: i've never actually mystery. met him in person so it's entirely think, possible yeah, yeah
2: this is what it is so there's this movie uh cam which is a really weird horror movie it's on netflix if you want to watch it um and the, the whole premise, premise of can... it the whole premise of it is is that this this girl is an internet, well she's some kind of an internet celebrity um and an influencer you could say uh very different kind of influencer um but anyway but uh, an
0: influencer nonetheless
2: hey somebody's being influenced um but anyway (laughs) uh anyway uh she uh the whole premise of this movie is that there's so much data on her online that like the internet creates a second version of her and it starts to steal her life um and given the fact that i only see mike on this video call and i only read mike's text in the group chat maybe mike has actually like been dead for some time now and this is just the internet's amalgamation of him. and you'll uh, never
3: know for sure i would that
2: was a really surprised. long that was a really long way to say one thing
0: anyway uh <laughs> oh. as much as we just talked about that movie we probably won't mention it again for the rest of this podcast but knowing this group, it's entirely possible that we'll, we'll talk more about that than whatever It is that we are watching. Speaking of that, Mike, three of us have gone. There's only two of us left. Whose week is it?
3: That's right. It's It's down. It's down to the final two. Are we watching Tristan's movie or are we watching Doug's movie?
2: If we're watching Doug's movie, just say that it's Doug's movie and I'll intro it. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
3: Doug, you'll have to you'll have to get us set off straight next week because this week it's Tristan's movie. Okay. oh boy it's, this has been the order foretold since forever ago tristan changed his movie recently but it did oh. not change the the golden order it, 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 didn't, it, matter. it yeah. didn't matter it didn't matter he swapped out one one kind of kind of uh inspired movie for another i wouldn't know what you'd call it but i'll tell you tonight what we're watching is the
2: perks of being a wallflower oh
0: heck Sweet. yes i love Again. this
2: movie Another movie I've never seen it, but have You've wanted never to this see. Doug? It. I've seen Doug, the very. I've seen this movie. I've seen the very <laughs> end. Of it. It. I've
1: actually really never the very end seen this movie either, oh,
2: and I've always
3: wanted
1: love to. This movie. And I
2: haven't read the book, even though you know I'm a book reader.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I I didn't see this movie until a couple of years ago, and boy howdy, uh, you know what? It was weeping time in my apartment that day. Uh, once I yep. saw it, and I. You know, you know what kind of movies I like. You're gonna watch it. You're gonna say that's a web film. That I mean, point, this is absolutely point blank a web simple, film. There's no other way around it.
2: I've never seen this movie and I knew this was a web film. <laughs>
1: um,
2: I, I'm very curious too, because I um I've only seen one scene from this movie. We'll talk about it
3: once we get on the other side of this. But I've I, only uh, seen one scene from this, and I'm like, uh, if it's all like that,
0: this is gonna be a web film, as he says. It was definitely that. Uh, Tristan, I, uh, I am curious. What movie did you swap out for this?
1: Well, I think you probably all know that already. Does anybody want to guess?
0: Interstellar.
1: No, we've already seen that one. It's one we haven't seen on the podcast. We
2: haven't done Interstellar was on the Was it podcast.
1: 500 Days of Summer? On Some Jerks, it was 500 Days of Summer. There it is. Tristan's uh, yep. favorite film of all time that Doug deplores. I'm really happy you switched this movie. It's number three. <laughs> Well, Five Hundred Days of Summer is very similar to this, but I think the message overall at the end is something better than what 500 500 Days of Summer left me hopeless as a as a young man. (laughs) This movie gave me the hope back.
2: Hmm. All right, and hey, for some hope, and hey, Logan Lerman returned to the podcast. You know, last time we saw him was in Percy Jackson, the Lightning. This is a much
0: better movie than that
2: yeah i uh, also mike i love you so much for ordering my movie last because <laughs> the moment
3: you sent it to me in like october i went this is last
2: <laughs> i will also say i knew what movie i was pitching to this and it was sort of the impetus for this for this whole series but i'll go into that more
0: next
1: all week. right enough about doug's film
0: okay yeah. <laughs> so this week it's all about the perks of being a wallflower so we will see you on the other side of this all right well we are back um, before we get started tristan give us the news or i guess give us the message
1: uh hey everyone thanks for tuning in to setting the scheme I just wanted to let you know that this podcast episode deals with some pretty heavy topics, as does this film. Um, I just wanted to give you content warning, themes like PTSD and uh, abuse and long-going trauma, things of that nature. So um, please listen at your own risk and just understand that moving forward.
0: Thank you for that, Tristan. Now let's uh, let's talk about this movie because uh, it it was definitely an adventure. Um, it was such an it
2: adventure was... that we actually lost one of our uh, one of our uh, re- fellow
0: reviewers.
3: He fell behind. He just couldn't catch up. He's stuck on the wall to this day. He's always yes. going to be a wallflower.
0: Uh, but yes, uh, Elijah did have to step away. Um, he had something come up uh, during the movie, but he did want to say that he would have given the movie an A. Though granted, he did not see the end of the movie, so I don't know if that would change his opinion. I don't think it would, but
1: he would get an A plus.
0: Maybe. Elijah
2: <laughs> Elijah is a pretty uh pretty by the numbers kind of guy, you know. He uh he it, it once oh. he once he figures <laughs> out uh what kind of score he's gonna give a movie, he he's pretty setting up.
1: Hmm.
2: I say, uh, speaking as the uh, the uh, resident expert on Elijah Walls.
1: Uh, also the guy who almost hits random on all of his scores (laughs) (laughs) I mean don't we all
0: Uh, well Doug why don't you tell us about this movie give us the facts
2: Gladly. All right. So uh Perks Me and Wallflower came out in 2012. Stars Logan Lerman, Emma Watson, Ezra Miller, Nina Dobrev, uh, Mae Whitman, Johnny Simmons, Young Neil, um, Paul Rudd, uh, Dylan McDermott, John Ma- John Malkovich. The heck, um, Melanie Linsky, Joan Cusa. Everybody's in this movie. Here's the thing: everybody's in this movie. I'm just gonna go on and say this. Also, Tom Savaney's in this movie. Shout out to Tom Savaney. Uh, ratings wise, oh sorry. Uh, this uh, this movie was directed by Steven Chubowski. Uh, sorry if I just butchered your name. Um, and ratings wise, it has an eight out of ten on IMDb and eighty five percent on Rotten Tomatoes, sixty seven percent on the Metacritic, ninety one percent on the Google. And money wise, this movie was made on a budget of thirteen million dollars and brought in a box office of thirty
1: three million dollars.
0: Um yeah. Uh, Common sense media has it as four out of five stars. Okay.
1: And by the way, John Malkovich was a producer on this film. He wasn't in it.
2: Okay. Well, <laughs> somebody tell Google to stop including producers in their cast lists. Yeah. Just just gonna I wanna be the guy to say it, but you know.
0: Somebody let but let you were just Google. the guy
2: that said it. Do do better. Do better. I don't think I'm I don't think I'm asking for too much, just do better.
1: All right.
0: Well, Tristan, I think uh, coming into this, you and I were the only ones who had seen this. Uh, since this is your movie, I'll uh, let you go first. How did you find this movie? Why, and why did you pick it for this?
1: Well, it was 8th uh, grade. <laughs> and Not to be confused with the film 8th grade. Right. It was oh. literally... I was in 8th grade. <laughs> and um, someone had this book because um, a movie like well actually no the movie had come out after movie come out when i was like definitely in high school i don't know someone had the book though i remember someone had the book in middle school and i saw it and then like i guess it just got popular like within a small group of friends i don't know i feel like i saw it a lot you know and then i definitely heard about it in high school when the movie came out and i always like at that point in my life which we can get into (laughs) <laughs> um at that point in my life I was like wow everyone likes this thing guess I'm gonna not like it so um uh so I just never really cared for it until someone told me that I really need to watch it and it's good and so I did and I watched it like two years ago um for the first time and I really really loved it and actually I didn't re-watch it until now but i did go back and rewatch certain scenes like quite a few times so
0: yeah so i have a uh, i don't know if similar experience but um kind of similar uh so i first watched this movie i don't exactly remember when but i want to say it was either shortly before or shortly after we started some jerks to talk about movies um i kind of watched it on a whim Uh, i heard some stuff about the movie now you're giving me a look
2: yeah yeah no i oddly enough i remember when you said you watched this movie because it was like in the midst of the of the early days of the ben never watches the movie that we're watching a uh, joke that you know which is now. still true well it still is true but like, <laughs> i mean but like i mean that's that's what he's talking about is the fact that you know, it was very early in Mm. Some Jerks. Like, Mm. I think this was, I think it was before, like, episode 20. Uh,
0: Um,
1: Maybe. Oh, yeah. Probably.
0: Um, But I saw it and instantly loved it. Um, I connected a lot with uh, Charlie, the main character, uh, because he spends a lot of this movie, uh, like, it's his journey of, like, finding where he belongs, and I can relate to that a lot. Um, So this movie, ever since I saw it, has really held a special place in my heart. I watched it again earlier last year. And I mean, again, just loved it. And then when I found out we were watching it tonight, I was incredibly excited and once again, loved it.
1: I mean, I feel like there's, there are things that a lot of people can relate to in this film. Mm. If anything, feeling alone in high school and like you're not a part of things, like that's something everyone can relate to. Oh, yes. I, yeah, I, I, you know, it's interesting. With that.
0: Oh.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, what's, what's a little interesting about this movie, I had not seen it before. I had seen certain scenes before we had, we had seen the movie. Uh, mostly stuff towards the end and some, some big scenes in the middle. Kind of any scene that's like noteworthy, I somehow had already seen. So like when we got to the end of the movie, I really felt like I had already seen it before. <laughs> Mm -hmm. so I don't know I'm like I'm like in the half zone um I had I'd heard about this in high school because I think we're all about the right age for I I, in my mind this movie and it has a companion movie in the world which is The Fault in Our Stars these two movies are in the same general vibe universe and we all were in high school and these movies came out and all of these movies were like the big talk of the town when you're in high school, because it was a high school movie for like high schoolers, and we were high schoolers, so of course it was the triple whammy. We're always going to remember these types of things. This is like our Breakfast Club, is what I'm saying. Um, so, wow, not, I, I mean it, 100. No, I know he's you. And he's you're
2: absolutely right. right.
3: Yeah, yeah. Like, like this movie, The Fallen Stars, they're they're our Breakfast Club. And there's another movie. It, he holds the boombox over that I don't remember the name of it. Say anything. Like, anything that's that's these movies not quite but yeah like like so i i have a history of this movie in the way that like anyone would have a history with like those movies when they came out like i had heard about them but i i bunched these both of these movies into this category of i feel like we are going to get a movie where no one talks like a normal human and it's all just like um escapist fantasy kind of thing i was a pretty bitter high schooler and what's interesting to me is I was completely wrong about the Fault in our stars. And I have mixed feelings about whether or not I was wrong in the first place about this movie, <laughs> which we'll get into, because I'm not entirely sure I was wrong.
1: <laughs> I've never seen a Fault in our stars. Have I. Should, I, should I see it? I have seen I consider
3: it infinitely, not infinitely, that's not fair to this movie. This movie's good. I consider Thank it much better than this movie. I consider it, it one of my favorite, um, my favorite coming of age stories
2: of all time. I've seen lots of Tristan, movies. You, Tristan, you
3: would love it. I, I'm very confident in that.
2: I, oh, boy. I I also have zero doubt in my mind that Tristan Webb would love The Fault in Our Stars. I have not seen The Fault in Our Stars either. I have seen multiple movies that star the leads of that movie. Um, just, you know, never. Yeah. It. It's kind of like I've seen a lot of Kristen Stewart. Uh, yeah, a lot of Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson movies, and yet I've never seen Twilight.
0: Were you not on when we did Twilight?
2: Nope. I was in camp. Oh, I was that's at right. Camp.
0: That's right.
2: Um, yeah. I've yeah. seen
0: almost all of the Twilight movies.
2: It's okay. It's I, another high school type thing. I have zero desire to see them.
0: They're I would not like as bad. To. They are not as bad as a lot of people make them out to be.
2: That's fine. I just still have zero desire to see them.
1: <laughs> all right. So I want everyone to tell me what your high school experience was and you can be as as vague as specific as you want I mean don't go on forever but like just tell me what it was like when you were in high school for you in your mind what was going on how did people perceive you all that jazz
0: so ninth grade first period I had uh, Mr. Smith (laughs) (laughs) tell me first of all let's start with tell me about Mr. Smith man
2: tell me all about him wait actually no that that sounded awful never mind um please please uh ignore this part of the podcast right now folks no good good, everybody i quit i, I quit the podcast You're not
0: allowed
3: I quit.
0: To... um
3: ben tell us about high school
0: <laughs> okay uh so high school for me um in a lot of ways i'm Uh, When I was in high school, uh, I mentioned earlier, I related a lot with Charlie at the beginning of this movie. Um, I was involved with different things. Uh, I was in marching band. I was involved with FCA, but I never really felt like I had a place where I fit in. Um, So that was hard. Um, I know I'm definitely not alone in having that experience. The older I've gotten, the more I've realized that that was a much more common experience than I ever originally thought um I didn't really find a place to belong even really till I got to college um but in high school it's tough for me to say how people perceived me um because looking back I don't think people perceived me the way I thought they perceived me in high school um but I have no way to really like go back and be like hmm, how did people perceive me I only have like how I thought they did, which was uh, kind of that weird kid. Hmm. Which I still I can, kind I of a weird guy, but I've embraced it now. Everyone's weird. Amen.
3: And molded by it. <laughs> um, I would say, just building off that, I had a... <sighs> It's weird, and also, uh, Tristan was there for most of my high school experience. Three of the almost four almost
1: all years. of it. Yeah,
2: actually, I'm pretty um, sure. All, all and then, it. in addition but, to that, most of funny, us have watched the uh, have watched the YouTube videos that came out uh, in my, I, my school I, <laughs> era.
3: I attempted to be a YouTuber in 2012, and no one will ever let me live it down. That is a part of the story.
0: <laughs> and you've done it since. Kind what? of, not Michael? really. Uh, look. <laughs>
1: Mike worked hard on that okay like (laughs) it was good like he he worked hard it was good i love his videos i love your
2: old stuff Mike. who
1: else was doing this stuff that i knew no one like it's it's good stuff yeah if you look back it's like yeah i was a kid that makes me cringe a little bit but just kill the cringe part of your cringe and move on
3: yeah no no that's true i'm i'm pretty i'm pretty okay with with those stories um, my, my experience in high school is kind of weird because the, to make a very long story short, I, in ninth grade, I went to a different high school than I went to 10th, 11th, and 12th. And in ninth grade, I went to the same school with the kids that I had gone to middle school with, with the same kids that I'd gone to elementary school with all the way to second grade. I had my place in the hierarchy. It wasn't very high. It wasn't exactly popular, but I knew where I was. And I went to a school that was incredibly different than my experience for almost the entirety of my educative years. It was culturally different. It was demographically different. It was just, it was a very big splash of cold water for me. And I kind of struggled to fit in for a bit. And then I felt like I did and I made good friends, like friends I'm still friends with to this day. Hi, Tristan and others. Um, But at the same time, I it kind of got worse every year in a weird way. Like my personal discontent with a lot of things. A lot of it was outside of high school. But if the question is my high school experience, um, it got worse. <laughs> Not trying to be a downer, but I uh, famously had some choice words for the high school on my graduation day. I celebrated like a maniac. And... Um, I still don't regret it. I I the the way high school ended for me was very much a oh thank God freaking finally, so that's kind of what I think
0: of when I think of uh I can high definitely school. Definitely relate to that. I remember uh, when I got home from graduation, I went through my Facebook and deleted yes. all the people that I was. Uh, friends with on Facebook really? that I went high school. I did with. the same. Yeah, uh, we had a senior group. I left the group and checked marked the box that said uh, "Don't let anyone add me back." I have not heard from pretty much any of them since I graduated.
3: And yeah, I that was that was me. One hundred percent. I deleted about four hundred people on my graduation night. On the night, I didn't wait. <laughs>
0: That's it, And I will say, like, I have run into some people I went to high school with since, and like, the interactions have not been, like, horrible, but, like, I was not close friends with anyone that I went to high school with, and had no desire to keep up with any of them. I feel that.
2: Tristan, you want to go, or you want me to go? Uh,
0: you can go, Doug.
2: Okay. Um, so, how should I put this? Okay. <laughs> Okay, look, I'm going to preface this by saying that people are capable of change. People are capable of growth. Um, in high school, I was a complete uh, piece of crap. I was an egotistical, like, I was, I was awful. Um, and looking back on it, you know, that there, there are still people who, like, I went to high school with who, like, I would still say that I was friends with. Um, however, my perception of myself in high school was really just as like a jerk. Um, I don't know if I don't know if that is everyone else's perception of me. I perceived myself in high school as a jerk. Um, and would not you there is not enough money
1: in the world to get me a pay to pay me to get to go back to that. Um did you perceive yourself as a jerk when you were in high school or, or now? No,
2: no, when I was in high school. I was hot stuff, man. I was hot stuff. I was look okay. I was, <laughs> I was in the same week. I was voted FCA president, beta club president, science club president, drama club president, and student body president. I did the announcements every day at my school for three of my four years of high school. Um, I was lettered in five sports, uh, FYI though, uh, two of the three sports are not sports and two of the remaining three sports, uh, I did not play the actual sport. Um, Like I, leaving high school was, it was really weird because I was very excited to get out of my hometown, but I was also very sad because I was like, I'm a really big fish in a really small pond right now and I'm killing it. Um, And then the minute I got out of high school, I was like, whoa, that dude, that dude was an
1: ass. Um, Would would you say that your self-worth was tied to your perceived success in high school at the time?
2: No, no. I would say that I had an inflated ego uh, based off of um, based off of being in a really small town, a really small high school, graduating with 79 people, all of whom I had gone through the previous 12 years with. Uh, and knowing that I was going to be one of like four people who left, uh, our hometown when I graduated high school Mm -hmm. and also, uh, having, uh, having more state championship titles than our baseball team, who was like the head, like group. Nice. That is where I would say that my self-worth was tied up in, um, Yeah. I, I do not look back on high school here. Okay. I did a lot of really great things in high school that were great for me personally. Um, and got me aware I am and I'm very happy about them. However, me as a person, I feel like the further I can get away from who I was in high school, the better of a person I am.
1: All about that growth. I mean, my self-worth was measured by my perceived success in high school. <laughs> That's how it was for me. And that came out a lot in the way I interacted with people. I saw myself as some sort of a leader, which in many cases I, I was because of different organizations I was in charge of or was a part of or took leadership roles in. I, I literally wore khakis and button-down shirt to school because I felt like I needed to, because I was, I was like someone of prominence in the school, and it wasn't always like that. In my freshman year of high school, I came from a place where, you know, people didn't know me. I felt like in, in middle school, I felt really low. I felt like no one knew who I was, and it was just like, it It was, um, I felt like the weird kid, you know, I felt, I felt like this character in this movie, I think, and in, in a lot of ways, um, I don't, th- I wouldn't say I relate to him necessarily, but a lot of the ways that he feels, I think I felt in some ways, and then in freshman year, some people who I had classes with really liked the accents that I could do, and really liked my willingness to do them and like do different voices and things. And they kept asking me to do them. These were like popular kids who got me to do it. And I just, that for some reason people started to notice me and I kept trying to be funny. And that's what got me to a point of where I could talk to people in a, in a, in a better way. And at a certain point it was good. And then it kept going and I kept like my ego kept rising until junior and senior year, I felt like I was hot shit. And I I really wasn't. I was just in high school. And I mean, there's just so much. Uh, The reason I wanted to ask you guys that, because there's just so many feelings that when you look back at your high school experience, you think like, wow. I mean, you think a number of things you think, I can't believe I was that person. Or you think, why did I think that way? Or you think like, it's, it's just almost like a different you because it it was like it was before you could grow and experience life and and like see what's beyond just the school and this so this like insulated community and um you know i i, I just think it's important to get into this movie which we haven't really even talked about yet <laughs> to get that ahead of things you know Yeah. I mean,
3: this movie does try, in in many ways succeed, and in my opinion, in some ways fails, to really capture the essence of that, the essence of the high school experience, the the feelings of um, being unsure of yourself, trying to figure out who you are, what you're trying to do, being insecure about just about everything, half the people being outwardly insecure and the other half of the people putting on a big front because they're inwardly insecure. Um, I think you, I think you could see on this uh, this roster of people here, we're split pretty far down the middle when it comes to that. Um, that's just kind of how high school ended up being. Um, I, I I do think that in many ways, this movie is really good at it. Like there, there are a lot of conversations that kind of really pinpoint it. Um, I think about, Uh, And honestly, they kept saying their names. I forgot half their names. Ezra Miller's character um, reminds me a lot of Patrick, of the way that um, yourself and Doug described yourselves in high school. Like that kind of bigger, larger-than-life personality, being funny for the the sake of entertaining people, that big front kind of thing. Um, But then I think there are aspects of every character in this movie that people can kind of relate to, because I think we all kind of feel a little bit of um camaraderie with the Charlie character um who is the one that is mostly passive mostly things are happening to him um at a certain point getting way under my skin about it but you know that's that's how people are in high school um <laughs> yeah I, I I talked about it in the in the group chat when we were watching the movie uh, I call it malicious passivity because this is the same thing and I don't think anyone's gonna get this reference except for like one person if you're the one person that gets this reference good on you But this movie is quite literally just like a retelling of uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. It is the same thing. Charlie is is Shinji. If you know what I'm talking about, if you're listening to this, they're the same. It's this character that is passive to the point of insane (laughs) faults to where it gets to the point where it's like, you just want to shake them so hard and be like, oh my gosh, say what you want to say. Say words, say something. But I know that's the point. So I'm not saying it's the fault of the movie. But it is at, at certain points aggravating especially when you're watching this and you're 10 years past this, this stage of your life um but in some ways just to kind of get into the the movie itself in some ways the the writer's age of not being high schoolers really starts showing and to me the first 20-30 minutes of this movie gonna be straight up suck i don't like it it didn't it, the movie did not land for me until we started getting into things Like you have like people getting thrown it or like like the most comedic high school bullies. It reminded me of like like season one of Stranger Things, where like the bullies are over the top and ridiculous. And it's like, what are you doing? Like, what is this?
1: Yeah, no, I, I think I think the themes are there, and like we get we get like what they're going for, you know, and we see it in the acting a lot of the time. I mean, especially with Ezra Miller, I. Uh, but I mean, the writing is just—it's just not great. It's mm-hmm. like, why did you write it that way? <laughs> why did you have to do that? You know, why did you need to include that part? It's like it comes it's, up so often throughout the film. It was it's like, some I of the wonders.
3: That, okay. Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say one of the lines that Emma said. Oh, I forgot what it was. It was like, "Do you want to go down the rabbit hole with us?" Or I don't. It was one of those yeah. over-the-top, like, "This is our time. Our time down here." Kind of thing. I was like, "Stop! Get out of town."
0: Part of me wonders how much of like the dialogue in this movie was pulled from the book, which That's was written point. in the '90s. Um, I I think um, nineteen ninety nine.
1: Yeah, nineteen
0: ninety nine. Yeah. Where I feel like it probably would be more common to say stuff like that.
3: But the movie is tomorrow. A term from Doug before we started recording. Very anachronistic. It's it's very vague as to when the time period makes sense. I feel like if they made it more overt that this movie does take place in the 90s, which I don't think even anyone who likes the movie really thinks about that much. It doesn't really come up ever, which is okay. I don't like when the, when the converse of that happens, and we get things like Stranger Things. But, um, but yeah, like those lines might have made sense in the 90s, but because the movie kind of almost goes out of its way to never tell you that we're in the 90s, it starts to feel a little weird and I know that would have felt weird in 2012 and it certainly feels weird in 2022. So.
0: So I, I will say for me, the dialogue doesn't bother me. Um, I get, for me, it just kind of seems almost fantastical. Um, yeah, I feel like that's kind of what it's going for.
1: Yeah. I, let's go ahead, Doug.
0: Sorry. I, cause,
2: cause I agree a lot with, with Mike. Um, it's not that I dislike necessarily any specific dialogue in this movie, but I think I have a really hard time saying that I like this movie. And I do. I do enjoy it. I, I enjoyed the process of watching it, and I I feel like I'm going to give it a decently high rating. But I, something that I talk about, A lot with uh with various people in my life is uh is sort of the impact power and power dynamics have on life as a whole uh because even though power is not everything power is at play power dynamics are at play in all aspects of society and i think i think personally that every person has some amount of power some amount of authority that they can speak from and i think one of my problems with this movie is that you have all of these you you take you do something that's fairly common in movies you take a character who seemingly has no power no authority no real ground to stand on and you put him in the middle of a room filled with people who are all very confident in their abilities very confident in their power and their authority and the the point of the movie is to show how they can gain authority how they can gain uh some ground to stand on and i think my problem with this movie is that when you do that it's it's very hard to ever find any middle ground with charlie i don't i feel like we're supposed to see charlie at the beginning of this movie and say you're going to you're going to get better than you are right now you're going to get better than you are right now you're going to get some some ground to stand on you're going to get some some power some authority and so that so that by the end of the movie when he kisses Emma Watson on uh from the back of the truck um and he says the line you know we are infinite uh you're like all right sweet we have authority we have we have a guy who has ground to stand on who has found his power and his place in the world and my problem with that is is that there's no room for middle ground there's no room to say there's there's no room for Charlie to have that third dimension of of the in between there is the beginning and there is the end and it feels like the movie has made up it's has made up my mind for me and I don't Particularly love that sentiment. And I know that Ben's about to call me out on this. I know Tristan's about to come. All right, you know what? Screw all of y'all. <laughs> we all have tell our hands raised. I know you guys tell me what you see. think.
0: Tell me what you think. Uh well, I will say I disagree with you because I, I think there is a middle ground. I think most of the movie is that middle ground. Like we have Charlie at the beginning. He does not have any friends. He is literally by himself at the beginning of the movie. He meets um um Ezra Miller's character uh Emma Watson's character Patrick and Sam uh, Patrick and Sam thank you and we get that in between he's got friends but he doesn't feel connected yet like he doesn't feel like he's found his place then by the end of the movie he has found his place that part in the middle that's the in between it is a somewhat like it is a progression
3: I I have my hand raised uh because I was going to agree with you so I'll present the counter-argument here I I think this movie. one of the main issues with this movie is it lacks a third act, and the second act is too long. It does a lot of playing around with these characters, kind of deconstructing with them a little bit, and going into, like, Sam's personal life and Patrick's personal life, which I appreciate, because at the beginning of this movie, he's got, like, manic pixie dream friends. It's ridiculous, frankly. It's... I, I just did not like it. But then you get into it, and they get developed, and that's all well and good. And then it just kind of, like, the, the Sam-Charlie dynamic goes in places that, like, are frustrating to me. And it doesn't feel like Charlie's ever given a chance to grow because Sam goes off to college. Charlie has um, a bit of a mental break, and he um, is trying to seek help for it. And then the movie ends. That's it. That's what we, we didn't deal with any of the problems. And, like, the whole time, and, and this is something I knew about the movie, there's a dynamic to things that Charlie has gone through regarding trauma um that kind of follow him throughout the whole movie and it might be a bias of the fact that i knew that so then we start getting there and we get to the trauma and then it kind of feels like the movie over voiceover goes and charlie dealt with his demons and now he's better the end we can yeah. be heroes yeah and absolutely that frustrates me a lot
2: absolutely we got to has a our, lot to say about we have how two of our on, friends so. on have, the side of the zoom call shaking their heads fervent, for furiously yeah uh,
1: yeah i have two things before i forget um first one is um his friend so his friends they're seniors like all of them like he meets them like they're already a friend group and they just like kind of invite him in and they've already had time a lot of time to go through their high school experience they've been through a lot already you learn about some of that you don't see it all because i mean charlie doesn't see it all he's there at the end um So, and he's, he's our lens for this movie. And, um, I mean, and, and they're just more real with each other than, than someone who's younger, who's, you know, just like understanding friendships and like, maybe didn't have friends are, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, so it, it made sense to me to see that because I think they're just, they've been friends for a long time. These people, you know, like they, they get each other, they're cool with it. Um, But I was going to say, Charlie, and we could talk about this a little later, um, if we want, but Charlie has PTSD. And people who have PTSD, it's not a thing of like, you're good now. It's like, that's something that's going to be with you always. Exactly. That's
3: exactly my point. Right. exactly so, I, I think that's what the, the movie, movie presents it as no, it's not okay no Blood it's is is not
0: it, it says the end of this movie sets up that he is on the path to getting better but not that he is 100% better it's that it, he has started to seek treatment for his ptsd for the trauma that he has faced and he is now on the right path to getting better sorry jason
1: it it doesn't say either um he he's working on it sure but who's to say like in the third act, he would be better. Like, we don't know. Like, like, it, like it, it's th- this whole, like it's a roller coaster, and it's going to, you're going to have good times. You're going to have bad times. And that's how it's always going to be for Charlie. Unfortunately, I mean, at a certain point he can get to a, you know, a part in his life where he can, he can manage it. He can work with it. And there are, there are things you can do to, to, you know, um, Help get through that, but these core memories that you have when you're when you're a child like that, and these things that could happen to you—I mean, it's it's just something that is always going to be a part of you, you know?
3: Yeah, and the thing is, I 100% agree with every word you're saying. Uh-huh. I fully disagree on the movie's presentation of that end result. My without getting anything into it, my my experiences with trauma are very similar to what you're describing. There, it, it, there's ups and downs, there's no linear path whatsoever. I just didn't feel like the movie told me what you just told me. I feel like the movie has this thing lurking in the background, they unpack it for a second, and then they want the big, we are infinite ending. And I feel like they could have had a couple more scenes showing him start the process of getting better, not get better but start the process a little more, because it feels to me, and this is my big issue with Charlie, is Charlie is told by everyone, his own agency constantly all the time. Charlie doesn't seem to make his own decisions. Even at the end of the movie, when Charlie's working to get better, other people are telling us that Charlie is getting better half the time. And it just gets kind of like muddled. I feel like that, that conclusion gets muddled for me. Um, I could see why you see it that way. And, and I, I, you're not wrong, no one's wrong here. It it just I just didn't feel like the movie sold me that.
2: Furthermore, um, because because I agree with with what Mike just said, and that I also agree with what you're saying, Tristan. But the movie doesn't present it as such. When when you have that shot of him riding through the tunnel, kissing Emma Watson uh, from the back of the truck, saying "We are infinite," I feel like the movie is presenting it as and everything is fine and my i think my biggest problem with it is that if charlie is our main character if charlie is the main character of this movie then is to the film's detriment that it has two characters uh who accompany him through the majority of this movie who have the who have both ends of the of the power spectrum as it were and they have no ground I, I think it's a problem when you have a character like Sam who you can tell y- you are shown clearly moments when she has agency, moments when she doesn't have agency, and then you're given male ground in it as well. Um, I, I think a great way to look at this is uh, the movie has constant scenes where, um, where Sam and Patrick take part in a, a Rocky Horror Picture Show shadow cast. And I said in the group chat I was like, I think that's kind of a weird choice to have Sam play the role of Janet Weiss in the in the shadow cast because it's told to us that Sam has has this this label of being someone who sleeps around of being someone who's who's been with a bunch of guys. And in that case, why on earth would you have her be Janet Weiss? Who, if you've seen Rocky Horror Picture Show and you've seen it with a live audience, you know exactly what moniker follows the name Janet Weiss. You know exactly what, what name she is given. And as the movie goes on, I feel like it's presented to us that I'm gonna let you get, I'm gonna let you talk in just a second. Just, excited. just give me a second. I feel like the movie uh, shows that Sam has sort of found agency in that role. You know, she's she's claimed this title that Janet Weiss has, and that's great. I'm so happy for Sam's character. I'm so happy that Patrick gets to play Dr. Frankenfurter and have this moment with Charlie and be so vulnerable with him. But you want to know something? I would love it a whole lot more if you would give me some middle ground with Charlie, if you would give me three fleshed out characters instead of two fleshed out side characters. I I
1: don't
2: quote Daniel Day Lewis I'm
1: finished well now i don't know what to say to that because <laughs> that's not where i thought you were going i guess um, uh, i was
3: i thought he was going somewhere i didn't agree with the sam too <laughs> and then he circled it back around to things I, agree with. I,
1: I mean i i don't i mean yeah i i can't disagree with you on i think i think it would have i think this movie could be better with a third act or it could be better with with more development on a, a character like sam you know um I, I do think that her playing Janet Weiss is I mean it it, it but, but you kind of said it doug it just kind of makes sense for her like that's like that's what people think she is she's playing the role whether or not she meant to play the role or not that's the that's the writings choice they put her in that role you know what I mean so like there you go like she's the thing that people think that she is and even though like we don't know why she picked that role it's never like behind the scenes like asking the character, like, yes, I picked that role because uh, people think I'm this way. You know, it's it's just.
2: Yeah, I'm, no, I think that works. Yeah. But, but I mean, I think that Sam is given agency in the fact that, you know, we see her so many times as Janet Weiss and it's very much so presented that she is in charge in that role so that people who know Rocky Horror Picture Show the first time they see her in that cast lineup, you may think you may think you know I think we're led to assume the question of why is she in this role was she forced into the role of Janet Weiss so that by the last time we see her playing Janet the last time we see her in touch a touch touch me we we we're able to say no okay she's she's in this role she chose to be in this role she chose to stay in this role and she has agency and that's great. I love a three-dimensional Sam. I love a three-dimensional Patrick. Just really wish I had a three-dimensional Charlie. Yeah,
3: that, that's my thing is I, just, I mean Doug said it for me but I feel like we have two three-dimensional side characters and one two-dimensional main character and I really feel like that could have been fixed not just by having a third act but the revelation of PTSD of um, Charlie's PTSD I feel like should have happened halfway through the movie.
2: Yeah, I feel like it
3: happens way too far at the end of the movie. I feel like the movie doesn't give Charlie a chance to really unpack and work through his, his trauma, not to come, not to fix it completely, but to start reckoning with it. I feel like the movie really wanted to brush that aside because they wanted to go for the cool cutesy uh, ending, which got kind of frustrating to me, but um, I'm going to slide down the list just a little bit since we're very far into this podcast right now. Um, over to the acting um my only note here and i'll let everyone else take the floor was that emma watson's accent is not is not so good in this <sighs> movie i i'm not here to make fun of emma watson i will say this is the second time that um things like that have disappointed me because i saw her in uh beating the beast and it was like we <laughs> well it's <laughs> kind of similar
1: let's say, let me just say she's a lot better in little women with the accent
2: I, I will I will take nothing away from Emma Watson. She is a talented actress. I'm sure a lovely person, but good Lord, it is hilarious when her accent breaks. I, I genuinely get, get, I got giddy in watching this movie and hearing that accent break. And I mean, it, it is not a slight on her or anything like that. Please don't hear me say that. But good Lord, I find it so funny because it's a consistent break. It's exactly what Mike is talking about. It's something that happens consistently through a through a number of her films. Not to knock her, it's just funny when it happens.
3: She just needs a better coach is all. She just needs a better a better accent coach. I don't know who the accent coach is, but he, she got a the either. dollar and brand.
0: I'll say to be fair to her, this uh was her first role after Harry Potter. So like this was kind of her first opportunity like away from that so yeah i think it's understandable that I, I mean she's not gonna be perfect i still think she does an incredible job yeah yeah i, mean, I think uh, all the main three do um, i think they have yeah. incredible chemistry with each other and they are just, they make the movie for me really
2: yeah definitely they all turn in stellar performances and emma watson does as well i just find it really funny whenever her accent breaks i feel like um, bottom line
3: <laughs> yeah bottom line at the end of the day The accent break funny no i (laughs) i um i really do agree the acting the chemistry between the characters really is what makes this movie enjoyable to me i feel like if you if we didn't have that or even if it was different actors i might be inclined to say i don't like this movie because i have i have some issues with with its presentation but the the characters dynamics together and like they have to work pretty hard to sell some frankly pretty stupid lines so they sell it (laughs) they sell it pretty well
1: that's true.
3: I'll give them credit. That um, it's something that people had to master with uh, *The Fault in Our Stars*, the sister movie of this, because that movie make make no mistake also has some pretty silly lines. But they sell it. Um, what well, I don't know what it is about like teen drama, coming of age movies, and just really milking the like in the greatest of the infinities art. We all infinity. I'm like I was sixteen. You, you, know think it, saying this you think I was saying this stuff? You think I will spitting no, poetry? Michael, no. You were
2: you know it is? cynical. You know what it no, is? No, but I, I knew high schoolers. No one in high school had this vocabulary. This no one. What, I refuse. This, this is what it is, Mike, okay? This is what it is. Because we had the 80s, and we had things like Patrick Swayze saying, no one puts baby in a corner, even though she's very clearly not in a corner. But, but... Screenwriters saw that and they said, "I've got to write that. I've got to write that line for our generation." And that just—they that got happen, buddy. Because nobody <laughs> talks like that. Nobody talked like it in the '80s. I think the closest thing to ever—I think the closest movie that's ever gotten to like genuine human dialogue is Heather's. I I genuinely think Heather's has great like real realistic uh, human dialogue. I wanted to say the quote, but I can't
1: because it's. I, I know
2: I know such a great line, right, Mike? Such a Kristen. great line.
1: I mean it. It's 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 po- it's just poetry. It's but you can't just say poetry out loud a lot of times and have it sound like a human says it. You know what I mean? Like well, I you mean, can you can go on paper and write words that mean a lot and they're beautiful but when you say them out loud, it doesn't sound like a real human speaking. And that's like a lot of the script. And I, I know in high school, when I was in high school, there were girls who would have watched this movie and probably did, and ate this stuff up and had it on their like phone backgrounds. And like, that's exactly why. That's the reason they, they did this stuff. I think it's like, it, it really appeals to teenage girls who are like, who could put We Are Infinite on their phone background and, yeah. you know. Well,
0: I, I think it's also because, uh, kind of like I mentioned earlier, like this whole like Charlie finding this friend group uh finding this place where he belongs it is a fantastical experience for him and these people using poetry to talk saying we are infinite like these are all fantastical things and I think it's just kind of building that illusion like this is Charlie's fantasy like this is where he wants to be
1: that fits to me yeah
0: mike
2: that's why there's so much vaseline on the lens because everything's everything's very fanciful (laughs) the the movie yeah the the movie smeared stuff the movie is caked in this soft focus which is usually reserved for uh 2009 doctor who episodes and lifetime original movies um and mike and i got a kick out of the fact that it's it's, it's not throughout the whole movie it just shows up at various places well, um that's what that's why we have so much vaseline on the lens
1: I think it's I think it's some of the most impactful scenes for Charlie is where that shows up I mean like almost every experience he has after class with his teacher and like the advice and just just the interaction he has there is it if, if you watch you can see it it's like really soft and it's just like it's almost that memory of like you know, maybe he gets older and he's like, yeah, I remember back when my teacher told me this, you know, and like it really changed the way I thought about love. And, you know, it's like it, it that it, it has that for me, like it shows that visually, like what I just described is what happened in my brain when I saw that. And I think it's really good. Yeah. Um, it's it maybe is overused in some places, but I do like that effect in this movie
3: yeah i I think that's ultimately where where we're kind of coming down with this movie and and I think I described it before we started as like a like a tightrope walk and like some things land more on the sincere side and some things land more on like the okay it's a little cheesy side and I think we all just have different ratios of where it landed yeah um i I get where the movie's coming from I get the purpose behind all of these decisions um but to me, I guess it felt like and, but again, I'm currently 26. I'm not the target demo. So I, am not here to say like, it's not a good movie, but just for me at this stage of my life, some half of it landed on the like, okay, well, kind of side of things.
1: But that's why I wanted us to talk about our experiences and try to remember a little bit back to how our brains were like not fully formed when we were in high school and like, you know, ha- but they were still valid feelings that we had. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like we just it, it, it's it's a different time to think about how you felt about people around you in high school and like whether that's good or bad about them whatever like or like I, like I had a relationship my first relationship was my senior year of high school and I was very like head in the clouds about that relationship and it fits perfectly to me like when I think back I'm like yeah yeah, I was definitely a senior in high school in in my first relationship. Like, of course I was. You know what I mean? Because everyone is. And that's that's what it's like being in high school and having your first love or having like um you like a close group of friends like that or feeling connected to others. Like it feels like poetry. It feels like what Ben said. Like it feels fantastical when you 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 experience so much like um sadness or or like you're lost or people don't know who you are and then you discover some things that are that say something different about your life and um i think that's where the love and feelings part come in and this movie does it to me it does it so well like like it's it's just um i haven't seen a ton of movies but it's just that part that like moldable like friendship that is still being molded and that he enters in and there's already a friendship there and like how it bends back and forth now there's a period of time where like they don't talk to him but he falls back into it you know and there's just like parts of high school where people get upset with you 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 don't talk to them, then you move on, and a few weeks later, you're fine. You know what I mean? I mean, it's it's just like you don't do that as adults, but as kids, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, um, I- and like it's it's just it, this feels like a time capsule almost to me to like watch this and look at it, and I'm like, yeah, th- that's this movie. Even though the writing might not be great, and I have issues with him Watson's accent or whatever, like I still feel the way I felt in high school about some of these things when I watched this movie.
3: I think you inadvertently kind of nailed why this movie isn't working for me is because this is how I felt when I was 20. I didn't feel like this in high school just to, I, mean, I didn't just being straight up. <laughs> that I might didn't. be why something's misaligning for me, because when I think about being 20, all of what you just said, hundred oh. percent.
0: I mean, even for me, like even though this movie takes place in his freshman year, I mean, the experiences in this movie happened over a much longer period from when I was in high school to when I was in my 20s. I mean, it still happened
1: to you, though, Mike, you know, I mean, yeah. it wasn't in high school. I mean,
3: yeah, I, I, we just kind of started this conversation wrapping around high school. And the more we wrapped around it, the more my brain has been like, "This it wasn't like this. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, but <laughs> no, you're you're good. Um, I think that's a fair point. What, what Ben's saying, too, as well, is is. That kind of just coming of age in general mm-hmm. time period.
1: And I mean the scene where his PTSD is really hitting him, like the second time they kiss in, in Watson's bedroom, that is that's such an impactful scene. Like I, I I don't I mean, I'm sure there are movies out there who tackled this issue, but I just haven't seen them. And this does it so well. I don't think I've seen a movie that does it this well like that talks about PTSD in such a raw manner and like shows it and like shows like how the mind works when you're having an episode like that. And I mean, it's something that this movie doesn't really delve into until it happens. Like it, you have, you see glimpses, you try to understand what's going on throughout the film. You see what happened with his aunt, you know, you, you see um, a little bit, but it wasn't, it's not until the end. When you get the full picture and you're like, oh. And you that know, reveal is
0: it's incredible.
1: Yeah. And it's heavy. Yeah. And it's like um, the reason I wanted to watch this movie. So
3: that's the scene that I, I can't analyze one way or the other because that's the scene I've always known for a million years. That's the one scene I always got linked to and watched a million times. I I think it's it's pretty well done. I will say. We can talk about it off podcast i've seen a lot of movies that i think tackle this issue pretty well and some mis- in some ways better but the way this movie does it within the context of itself within its own rules and bounds i think is really really well done because it breaks its own like cinematography rules for a bit to really like showcase like a manic episode i think it's very skillful in that regard yeah yeah the the theme of trauma I think kind of comes up a lot with this movie because you have Patrick who's dealing with dealing with a a world that does not accept who he is and you have Sam who is trying to find love in a way that is that is a healthy manner I, I think there's a better way of it, describing Sam's individual issues but I think the movie does a really good job honestly mostly and specifically with Patrick and Sam but does a really good job with with unpacking some of some of the trauma and like the things that you kind of take with you through high school um i'd love to see honestly i feel like if they ever made a movie of all these people at 24 not even my age we can age them down we can put them at like 22 21 doesn't matter i i'd love to see these people a little bit later on i feel like i'd almost like that movie a little more just to see like them really get into the weeds with, with some of this stuff um because i think my running narrative with this movie is when this movie is trying to be in the early stages, not like a teen film, but when this movie is trying to establish like the joys of high school, it doesn't land for me. But when this movie is getting into like the the, the things that they're carrying with them, their emotional ba- uh, baggage, that's when the movie is really working for me. And I think that's also why I got frustrated at the end because it was like, oh, we just got to it. We just got to the good stuff. This is the stuff I like. Let's talk about it. Well, any other uh, thoughts on this?
1: I mean, I I was going to talk a bit about trauma versus wounds. Um, I don't think I'm necessarily qualified to talk about it. Um, So I'll keep it pretty brief.
0: the rest of us.
1: Yeah, I suppose. Um, But I I just think there's something to be said, because I think pretty often in uh, current year... (laughs) Um, A lot of people will say that something is traumatic and it almost feels like that word is losing, it's losing its meaning. You know, it's almost like um, how people uh, say love a lot. It's almost losing the power because it's so used. And I I think there's just something to be said about, um, you know, what is a real, what is actually trauma and what is a wound, and I don't think I can fully answer the diff, like tell you what the difference is between those two. Um, that's the part I'm not sure about. I don't really want to try that. Um, but um, I, I think it has something to do with, um, you know, um, something diagnosable and something something in that realm versus um, versus something. I don't, I don't know. I, I I really don't know. I, I just want, I, I just wanted to point out. I, I
2: would. I would. Just like to say, I feel like that's a very personal issue, like mm-hmm. whether or not someone can say that something is traumatic. I feel like that's. Yeah, that I, I think is. there are very
0: few people who are qualified to determine if something in someone else's life is traumatic or not. And
2: I don't think that you can give a blanket definition right? to
0: it.
1: Uh, yeah, that's why I'm not trying to. Yeah,
2: yeah, I, I think I know. Well, because I think you mentioned like a
3: diagnosis, which I think I had a similar thought as to the other guys, but. In general um i know what you mean like there are things that affect us in the in the immediate term and then there are things that affect us in the long term Mm -hmm. and i think there are the the uh, just just to speak broadly about where we're at in current year um there have been a lot of uh recent reckonings and honestly generational traumas i would argue that have impacted our culture And I think are making a lot more people aware of the concept of it. Mm -hmm. And I think the pendulum is just swinging really far that way into people kind of overusing that sort of term. Um, I think this movie does a really good job of getting into that kind of long-term, long-term trauma. Mm -hmm. And I think I know what you mean when you're saying like, there's kind of a difference between the two. I'm also not an expert, so I won't get too far into it, but um, yeah. Yeah. I think I know what you mean. Well,
0: good stuff. Good stuff but I think it is time that we score this sucker. Doug, why don't you get us started? Oh, boy. Okay. Um.
2: Okay. Mm. I'm going to say this. I liked part of this movie. I think overall I can say subjectively it is a good movie. I'm going to give it a 60. Um... And I don't really know how to articulate it, but I'm going to give it a 60.
1: Okay. Uh, do you think that your opinion went up or down after we had this discussion?
2: I think we should all be happy that I landed at a 60. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Because when yeah, I came I, into I... it, because when I came into the review i thought this could be really really low or it could be really really high
0: doug i think the more you sit with this i think the more fondly you'll remember it
2: i will i will sit with it for a minute let's sit with it for a minute
0: well anyway uh i guess while i'm talking i can go ahead and give my score i love this movie um yeah, I, I love this movie. Uh, I don't think it's perfect, but I think it is really good, and I think it has some really powerful moments. Uh, I'm gonna give this a ninety-three.
2: Talk about point spread. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, this movie is number nine on my top movie list. Um, so it was, it was ten. I forgot how it changed, but it's nine now. Um, And yeah, it just, I mean, this, the plot of this and the, 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 a lot of things that have to do with Charlie are hit really close to home to uh, to me, Um, like really close. Um, So I'm going to give this a 95. And that's all she wrote. <laughs> all <right.
3: laughs> um, I've been thinking about this for a minute. And I, I, uh, other than the issues I articulated in the, in the review, I feel like one of my frustrations with this movie is it tries to scratch an itch that I have a movie that scratches it a lot better currently. So I'm trying to put that aside. I think the acting is really good it's ostensibly a good movie um but i think i just missed the boat on this one uh, i'm gonna give it a 65
1: thing
0: <laughs> uh, once we'll... again talk about point spread yeah uh, after plugging that into our patented scoreometer bow, bah, 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 uh, we get a final score of a 78.25 um that sounds fair to me that it doesn't passes. at all sound fair. It passes. But because Elijah did say he was gonna give this an A, I'm gonna count his as a 90, and that uh, would give us an 80.6, which I can live with a lot more. Um yes, oh, yeah. sir. that has been uh, the perks of being wallflower. I
1: mean, I I, I do wanna say like I, my score probably would have been more if the writing just wasn't like as as like janky as it was. <laughs> i mean it's got its faults for sure but otherwise it's a pretty near perfect movie as far for me as far as um relationships feelings and love and um trauma go so
3: how often is there a point spread like this
0: not very often not very often. Um,
3: i can think of uh in the some jerks days i think swiss army man had a huge spread
2: um, Swiss Army Man had a huge spread because, because you put it on the bad
1: scale, though the room. I did the room was a joke, though. Yeah, the room yeah, was, the room was a meme.
2: What are you talking about? The room is definitively one of the best movies. No, no that man. episode. No, not, Doug. no that episode. No, 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 no. The room uh, is it, look, this is do Doug's persona. persona. Anyway, uh, we're not talking
0: I about the room. Um, but yes, this has been our episode on the Perks of being wildfire. We've got one week left of March of Mystery. Um March Work of Mystery that I, is I, taking like place that I, in, I, April. Uh, in April. Yes. Uh, the March of Mystery in April. Yes. The March uh, of Mystery in April of Mystery, featuring Mike the Mystery <laughs> Mike. <laughs> <of> mysterious
1: <laughs> Mystery Mike of Mysteryville.
2: Ooh, <laughs> uh, you've heard of Pleasantville. Now get ready for Mysteryville.
1: Anyway, uh we
0: will be wrapping things up with Doug's selection next week. Oh, and boy. we're in for a treat. Um because I know exactly what we're watching. Because Doug
2: can't keep a secret.
3: No, yeah, I think not. I think everyone does, but but Tristan and Elijah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean so the, the three people. That sense. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, um, people who aren't supposed to know except I have a Jim. whole thing planned out for
2: revealing this movie. Oh man, I can't wait to interrupt you and say what it is. i'll hurt you ben i will fly across uh state lines and come and slap you during the recording
0: okay uh anyway be sure to join us next week um as we talk about the final movie of this mystery month um well month and a week um and keep up with all the cool stuff that we do on social media at vider media uh we've got new episodes of setting scheme every wednesday until next week i'm ben i'm doug i'm tristan
3: I'm and I'm Michael <laughs> this and Elijah Wesley.
0: Uh, <laughs> you guys have a great week.